I quite frequently swear up and down that when this project is finished, I'm going to take a nice break and spend some time resting and reflecting. I'm generally a damn dirty liar. But not this year. This December, I'm doing my best to make an honest woman out of myself and spend more time reflecting and kind of gently planning the next year. It's not what I'd call easy, but I do suspect it's going to be worthwhile. So this is going to be the last Business Podcast Blueprint episode of the season and the year. And so I'd like to think out loud a little bit about how it's gone and what's going to happen next. And that's what's happening today on the Business Podcast Blueprint Show. So I was thinking as I started preparing this episode, how I started this season of the podcast and I set the intention of structure. At the start of the season back in August, which feels like a million years ago, I did exactly that. We had excellent guest conversations alternating with really deep dive lesson style solo episodes that I really enjoyed putting together. And then things started to, as they often do, get really, really busy. And of course, the guest conversations remained absolutely excellent. I feel like I had a pretty all-star lineup on the show this year. Maintaining that depth of solo content became too challenging with all of the other things that were going on in the fall. So looking back at the season, there were two issues with my original all-structure, all-the-time plan. The first is that 20-ish episodes, for me, is too many for that kind of a sustained effort of different content types at the level of quality I want to be producing. You'll notice if you look back at what we have released this season, around the time we got into the time when we created the State of Business Podcasting Report and ran the Podcasting for Business conference, there were extra interviews, extra conversations, and more repurposed content than those deep dive lessons that we'd started off the season with. And that really makes me think of how when I'm talking to people who are, you know, creating their shows and getting used to interviewing, especially when they're newer podcasters, one of the ways to really improve the quality of an interview that you do is to restrict the length of those interviews, forcing you to get more good content out in a shorter amount of time. And the same can really be said of seasons as well. If you're podcasting and it's going to go on, you know, for a 20 episode season like we've been doing, you don't have the restriction of a time limit to make sure that you are really focused and really attentive on what you want to be communicating. So that's just something interesting that I really thought of and that a shorter season in this context could really help keep things, especially solo episodes, sharp and the momentum for them really high. And so I think that next year we're either going to switch to an all interview ongoing format where, you know, instead of breaking things into seasons, there is going to be, you know, maybe a year or even six months of just weekly interviews. Or on the flip side, do shorter and more focused seasons on specific topics for specific purposes. I'm going back and forth on which I'm most interested in. I haven't decided yet. And that's going to be something I'll be considering over the next few weeks before the holiday break when we are thinking about it. Because the data we collected in this year's State of Business Podcasting Report puts a really, really heavy emphasis and clarity on the fact that weekly releases are the most popular method of creating business podcasts. And that means ongoing week to week, making it just a part of what you were doing throughout the year as part of your normal workflow. But on the other hand, the different opportunities that can come from time-restricted, really highly focused seasons are very compelling. One of the biggest benefits of podcasting for me is building professional relationships and weekly ongoing interviews facilitate those really better than any other podcast format. But of course, on again, the flip side, podcasting isn't the only way to achieve that. There's other types of marketing and other types of networking that can also help you build those relationships. So I'm feeling pretty grateful that I've planned the next little while to really think over and make decisions about this kind of thing. And I'd love to hear your thoughts on it. Are you making any changes to your podcast next year? What are you considering in terms of your workflow, your cadence, your repurposing? 
I'd love to know what you're planning. You can you know, send us a message through the contact forms on onestonecreative.net or find us on Instagram or Twitter at OSC Podcasting. The second issue with my original plan was the timing. So this one, I'm kind of looking back on, it's like, oh, I should have seen this coming. <laughs> but the fall of this year ended up being massively busy with the Podcasting for Business Conference and the State of Business Podcasting Report. It was not necessarily a great time to also be releasing a regular podcast. So next year, I'm going to make sure to plan the calendar out a little more sensibly and make sure that October and November, which are kind of dedicated to these big annual projects, are free to have my full attention. So let's talk a little bit more about these big projects because they're really, really exciting and interesting. And I like to discuss what we learn as we do them, as well as create them themselves. So of course, the one that we've done before is the State of Business Podcasting Report. And that went really, really well this year. We're in our third iteration, and I'm feeling like we've got the methodology for the research and the analysis down. This year took a lot less time and involved a lot fewer headaches than it has in years past. So if you haven't gotten a copy of it yet, you can download it at onestonecreative.net slash report 2022. We're going to link to that in the show notes, of course. One of my big takeaways from the research this year was that if you're looking for thought leadership with your podcast, you really have to have a video strategy along with your audio podcast strategy. Relationship building, content, and audience engagement shows don't necessarily need video as critically, but if you want to be getting in front of new people, then the data is pretty much in you need to be using video to attract that audience. Promoting and getting the word out about the report remains something of a challenge for me. And honestly, it's not just about the report. Promoting our own work, no matter how much I am proud of it or believe in it, is never something that I felt was easy or pleasant to do. So I'm still kind of working on cracking the code with how to do that. Happily this year, we have made a really, really good, big and important step in terms of that external facing promotion by hiring Cedar and Sage Media. They're currently creating our social content and managing our social accounts. They have been fantastic partners in terms of capturing our voice, what's important to share, and just they've been a delight to work with. It's going down as one of my better decisions of the year. And if you're looking for a team or company to take over that business area for you, I cannot recommend them strongly enough. Of course, they'll also be linked to in the show notes. Thank you, Jesse and Sarah from Cedar and Sage. You guys have been phenomenal in kind of the, the I think, four months now we've been working together. Cannot recommend highly enough. We'll be right back in just a moment. And now back to the show. And that brings me to the project that kind of changed the game for One Stone Creative this year. It's the Podcasting for Business Conference. And it was a venture, it was a project, an idea that I hadn't even imagined at this time last year. And it came about when I was down in Florida at PodFest and hanging out with Tom Fox, one of my greatest friends, podcast co-host. Check out That's What Heroes Do when we go through the MCU. But we were chatting about how, you know, the event is great. It's wonderful to go to these kind of in-person podcasting events to talk with other people in the industry. It's inspiring. People are sharing great information. People are really friendly. The podcast community is amazing. And these events are a big part of that. But in our particular area of business and practice and podcasting for business, often once done creative, we're working with people who have whole jobs or departments to run that is separate from their podcast. The podcast is just one part of the many, many elements that make up their business traveling across the country or across state lines for a multi-day event for that one particular area of the business is not necessarily in the cards, no matter how valuable it might be. So we thought, hey, we should put together something that is going to be a really good fit for people who aren't able to make that kind of travel and who need that really highly focused information on creating a podcast for their business. And so we thought, okay, yeah, let's do it. Let's create the Podcasting for Business Conference. 
And so we did, and it went really, really well. I'm super happy with how it all shook out. Although, of course, I had my moments throughout the process where I figured it would be a complete failure, and I self-flagellated myself utterly indulgently about, (laughs) you know, the size and the ticket sales and how everything was going to go. But, you know, after it was done, as it was going on, even, we realized this is pretty great. This is amazing content, and the people who are here enjoying this content are getting a lot of value out of it. That has been really gratifying. So a couple of things in specific that went really well about it. First of all, the tech all worked. That's always a worry for me when you get into new areas, because I find most out-of-the-box solutions don't do what I want them to do, and I'm a little bit of a control freak over that kind of thing. So I ended up using a tech stack that included Affiliate WP and Restrict Content Pro, the Zoom webinar add-on to kind of connect the calls themselves, and I also implemented unique user menus on our WordPress site for the conference. Together, they all integrated with ConvertKit, which was great. That's our email service provider. And it made what I think was a really smooth experience for attendees from going from purchase to login to attending the calls to being able to watch the recordings. I think that particular mix of services worked really, really, really well. And that made it easier for people to appreciate the content. And the content was amazing. Absolute experts in their spaces that I honestly can't even believe said yes to a new project like this. They brought their A-game and they delivered a caliber of content that Honestly, it nearly makes me burst with pride that we were able to assemble and put together for the people who attended the conference. Like, I'm so proud and so gratified that we were able to gather this much really valuable, inspiring, actionable information into one place over one you know, short period of time over the conference. It was fantastic. If you were able to attend, I'm so glad that you were there. If you weren't, the recordings are available and I cannot recommend strongly enough that you get them. Based on some of the things that you know, I learned and that my team learned at the conference, we're going to be making significant changes in the next year to how we're producing you know, our own shows and the shows that we create for clients. So I absolutely recommend that you get in on that if you can. We'll link to where you can do so at the show notes. And so here's a fun little fact about this year's particular lineup. Almost all of the presentations came about because of relationships that I had built through this podcast, the Business Podcast Blueprint Show, or by participating in other creators, projects, and events within the industry. So having guests on your show or being a guest on someone else's can really start a foundation that grows into something amazing that you were never able to think of before. And even outside of the considerable business benefits from running the show and having guests on it, I've made new friends this year because of the podcast. You know, I didn't need proof that podcasting was a powerful tool for networking and relationship building. I knew it. To be able to see it live in action in our business is incredible. If that's something that you are considering, if you want to deepen your professional relationships, A podcast can be a hugely powerful way to do it, and it can lead to such interesting things. We created an entire and very well-received conference on the back of the conversations and relationships that have been built on this show. And, you know, also by being a part of the industry, going to those events and being able to kind of work together, Tom and I created this guest list that was phenomenal. And it was because of the networking that happens naturally when you have a guest-focused podcast. And all of this means I think we're going to be able to do it again next year with much more ease and I suspect more attention and success. So there were a few things that I would change going into the next year. I spent a lot of time in the lead up to the podcast creating sharing materials, uh, both for us to use and to give to partners and presenters to share. And it wasn't the best use of time. I think it would have been a better fit to spend more time doing guest post appearances, talking about the conference, sending emails, doing direct one-to-one promotions rather than kind of creating these materials. It just wasn't the best method to help get the word out about this event. So I think something that's next year, we're going to really scale back is the promotional materials that we give to partners and presenters. 
it's just not, I think, particularly useful thing to give to the people who are bringing their content. I think it would be better to focus on more direct one-to-one methods of promoting. And on that exact same token, advertising, I experimented with a little bit of advertising in some of the podcast newsletters and on a few podcast buying ads. It was almost a complete and total waste, according to the metrics. I don't know if it was the market fit or if the copy wasn't great. I'm not entirely sure. But it was not a good decision as a method of promoting. What has worked really, really well was reaching out and directly and talking to people, telling them the event. Because when people hear about it, they're really excited about it and want to participate. So I think investing a lot more on the kind of grassroots style of marketing rather than the more traditional affiliate-based or advertising methods is something I'm going to be looking at doing a lot more next year. And one piece of feedback that we got and that I really agree with is that more interactivity would have been great throughout the conference, letting attendees spend more time connecting with each other and getting to know each other and, you know, being able to have back and forth with the speakers. Some of that was a function of based on the number of guests that we did have this year and only so many people being able to attend a given presentation. And I think next year, a lot of that is going to fix itself as we gain traction and as the event becomes well, more well-known and more well-popular, more well-regarded in the space. More people will be there, more people will be able to chat, the value will extend for all. And on a strictly personal note, if I can manage to avoid spraining my SI joint three weeks before a major event with scores of moving parts, I expect I would find it much easier to manage and much more enjoyable as well. So all told, this has been a really amazing year for One Stone Creative. We've started working on some amazing new shows for clients. We're constantly improving and refining what we do. And I would just like to take a minute to give a huge shout out and thank you to the team here that makes it all possible. Erwin Galino and Jensen Galino is our production team with their increasingly popular and efficient audio spa, where surgery on audio is available upon request. And thank you to Hazel and LaFortune and her team who are consistently creating high quality show notes and assets for a huge variety of shows and their different topics. To Darla Fields, who manages the day-to-day operations with absolutely awe-inspiring level of attention to detail. And to Audra Casino, my business partner who came up with the idea of this company in the first place and who's heading up our brand spanking new video podcast division. After such a long and sustained effort in the second half of this year, I'm feeling not exactly creatively empty, but a little bit creatively and energetically used up. I've given what I have this year and it is gone. I'm really excited to take the next couple of weeks to really consider our plans and gently think about how we're going to grow and change over the next year. And I wish exactly the same for you listening, a pleasant season with lots of time to rest and reflect on what you want to be doing with your podcasts and with your businesses. Thank you for being here. Thank you to listening to me and to us and to being a part of the community that we're building here as podcasters who spend most of our time running businesses and having day jobs and use those podcasts to support what we're doing. So thank you again. I'm Megan Doherty, your host as usual, and we will see you next year. 